Welcome to Mental Health Matters. I'm your host, Vidi Michelson, a sophomore at Charlotte Country Day. On this show, we're in the studio with our newly hired high school counselor. She earned a double bachelor's degree in psychology and comparative literature from the University of North Carolina, as well as a master's degree in counseling from the University of North Carolina, Charlotte. She also holds a license as a clinical mental health counselor associate. Malika Rajan, thank you so much for joining us here in the Belk Learning Center recording studio. Thank you so much for having me. Today, Ms. Rajan is going to share with us her professional background and views on mental health topics. I am aware that as a high school counselor, you have provided students with social, emotional, academic, and career support. So tell me a little bit about your background and how you got to where you are now professionally. Sure. So I graduated from high school around here, actually. I went to Myers Park. Um, graduated in 2010. And then after that, I went to Chapel Hill for my undergrad. Um, I majored in psychology and then I double majored in lit, but I always knew that psychology was kind of going to be the way that I started my career. Mm -hmm. Um, But then when I graduated, I was kind of lost. I wasn't sure what exactly I wanted to do. So I took a minute, worked some odd jobs, and then decided to go to grad school for counseling. Yeah. So I went to UNT Charlotte and got my master's in counseling. Mm -hmm. From there, I worked as a school counselor at Weddington, and then I kind of dipped my toe into like private practice, mental health work before coming here. Cool. Um, so what sparked your passion for wanting to become a counselor, specifically one for high schoolers? Yeah, I love that question, because in the counseling world, you meet a lot of people who mm-hmm. work in a lot of spaces, and sometimes there's a lot of questions about like, why school? Why high school, yeah. Exactly. And for me, I think it's the idea of access, right? Like mental health work is sometimes really difficult for people to access. There are a lot of hoops to jump through and working in private practice. I see it from the other side. Presumably, if someone's seeking that out, they're not, you know, feeling great in life. Right. Doing great in every aspect. So like the idea of adding work when things are already potentially hard, Mm -hmm. it's just like sad to me. Yeah. So school counselors, I think, are amazing because they are available, like they're built into the school and mm-hmm. kids can just seek them out and use them without any additional work, which I love. Yeah. Um, the other piece that I really like is, and this is going to sound worse than I mean it, but I, I like <laughs> not having to ask for permission to meet with students. Yeah. I like that students can access me or support or have conversations without getting permission from parents just because that adds like a layer to the confidentiality. Yeah, that makes sense. Sometimes it's hard to say that I want to talk to somebody. And I like that people just can without extra effort. Yeah. Did you use counselors in in high school? I didn't, but I should (laughs) have. And I think that's part of why I wanted to work in high school. So in grad school, they have you do internships. um, And I was a school counseling concentration, so they had me do school counseling internships. So I did all three levels. Coincidentally, like I spent a semester in elementary, I spent a semester in middle school. So I got kind of a taste for all of the differences. Um, and there's definitely pros and cons to each of them. I will say middle school counselors are like something else. Like yes. Middle school's just hard. Yeah. It's hard to be a middle schooler. So I don't think I could do that one, but elementary was fun. Yeah. And high school I like because you can have conversations that feel more grown up. They feel more mature, but also there's just so much potential. Like if you mm-hmm. think about the difference between ninth grade and 12th grade, you've got 
kids that are really deciding what they want to do with their lives. Yeah. And for some students, that's like the first time that they've really been able to think about their own decisions. To have that independence. Exactly. And that's exciting to be a part of that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And there's still so much potential for change because therapy is all about like, and mental health work in general is all about like believing that things can be different than they are. And in high school, you get to really watch that play out in really cool ways. What made you want to work at Country Day and transition from counseling at a public school to a private high school? Because I know that you mentioned you worked at Wennington and that's a public school, correct? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for asking that. Yeah. I I love this question. It's not even so much that I wanted to leave Wennington. Mm -hmm. I was really happy there. I really loved my kids and I, I built a really strong community there and I liked the work that I was doing. It's more that this job was an opportunity that didn't exist in public schools. In public school, high school counselors just do a lot of different things. So sometimes we get referred to as like the junk drawer of the school. Mm-hmm. Like if there's a task and there isn't someone else to do it, the counselors will do it, which mm-hmm. is fine. You know, like the tasks themselves, I didn't mind. It was just that I felt like there wasn't enough to go around. Yeah. So like part of it was the caseload. I had whew, about 500 kids on my caseload. Wow. My passion and most of my interest and where I wanted to do the, the bulk of my work was in the mental health space. Mm-hmm. And so I started working in private practice part-time to think like maybe that'll scratch the edge. Right? Yeah. Maybe that'll give me a way to blend both because I didn't know that a role like this existed. I didn't know it was right. possible to work at a school and be a mental health counselor. Yeah. So when I heard about this opportunity, it felt like the perfect blend of what exactly mm-hmm. what I was looking for. Yeah. Do you still do private practicing? I do. You do? After school? Mm Mm-hmm. A couple of days a week. My caseload's pretty small just because I I don't want to burn myself out. And I wanted to make sure that I was giving the appropriate amount of attention to this job. But for now, yeah, if it's unsustainable in the future, I may dial back on clients. But for right now, it works. Where did your interest for specifically mental health come from? Yeah, I I don't know if I could pinpoint a specific place where it came from, but I, I do know that I felt a lot of stress. I put a lot of pressure on myself to do well in school and try to get into the right college and all of these things that, you know, your class is still dealing with. Yeah. And I didn't always feel like I had a place to talk about it. Like my parents, amazing, Mm -hmm. but the vocabulary just wasn't there to talk about like, how is your stress? How are you handling it? What Mm -hmm. do you need? At the time, I, I don't know that I could have told you I knew I wanted to work in mental health, but I did know that those conversations were important and I felt the lack of them, right? Like I wished that I had an outlet or a resource. And then as I got older and I met with like college therapists, like I realized that there was a space for that. And personally, I think I specifically coming from the community, I wanted to kind of maybe make that more accessible. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like it's easier to trust in the process when there's something about it. And build that bridge that's like so blocked off. Exactly. Yeah, that makes sense. You're listening to Mental Health Matters with your host, Vidya Michelson. This is a production of the journalism class with Kick at Charlotte Country Day School. How would you describe your role here at Country Day? In part, I think I'm still figuring it out. Mm-hmm. In very simple terms, my hope is to be helpful. Yeah. Um, my hope is to provide students with whatever they may need in any given moment. Sometimes that's a conversation. Sometimes that's a space to vent. Sometimes that's just a quiet room without judgment or recommendations. So whatever that looks like, my hope is to be helpful. I also recognize that even though I've worked in high schools and worked with high schoolers before, that this is a different space for me. And mm-hmm. so it's my responsibility to really take some time to learn and listen and figure out what people need so I can 
be that, but if nothing else, I hope it's just to help. Because I think that in high school, in general, like high schoolers have so much pressure put on them and mm-hmm. so much pressure that they're putting on themselves and areas in which they have to put in so much effort, right? Whether it's school or like all of you do extracurriculars yep. and some people do sports and have jobs and families and friends and there's just a lot of effort being expended out and I want to be someone who has like no expectation and doesn't put any kind of pressure but hopefully takes some of that away. What are some of the ways you help students cope with stress from school? Yeah, I think the beginning and the first step is like acknowledging that the stress exists for a reason. Mm-hmm. You know, like when you're worried about something and someone's like, just don't worry about it. Like, that's not helpful. It's like, I don't know how to do that. Exactly. Yeah. Like, thank you for thank you for the uh, the new and novel idea. I didn't yeah. think about that. Oh my God, if only I thought about that. <laughs> I'm cured. Yeah. It's dismissive mm-hmm. and hurtful at times. And so I think the beginning is like, yes, I, I understand why you're stressed. And it makes sense that you're stressed. And then... Hopefully it's helpful to think about the fact that stress, even terrible stress, can be helpful and it serves a function, right? Like, we wouldn't stress about things if we didn't care about them. That's a really great way to put that. And the balance and the tricky part is figuring out when stress stops being helpful. What kind of topics do you typically assist students with at school while counseling with them? A lot of anxiety management, um, coping mechanisms for like handling significant amounts of stress, ways to kind of keep it from overwhelming. A lot of relationship conversations too, sometimes conversations about families Mm -hmm. and sometimes college too. Like even though I'm not necessarily doing college advising, college ends up being a big part of the conversation because everyone's thinking about what comes next or planning for it. And it can be tied to stress and anxiety Mm -hmm. too. How would you say your stress level is on a daily basis? For me, I would say the stress is probably around like college and also just like schoolwork. Because we have a lot. I'd say they're pretty high, especially just being a senior, um, just because we are doing also all of our college applications and everything and also have to do all of our schoolwork. So I'd say they're pretty high. It's neat to get to have the conversation about more like, let's process how you're feeling about your college applications, what might help you feel more in control rather than like, all right, let's look at your activity. Let's, mm-hmm. let's look at your essay. Let's look at your comment. Right. It, it, feels like it has to be a less practical conversation it can be more about it like what do you need to feel like you're more in control because the nice thing too at country day we do have a whole subject for college counseling where people can sit down there and ask for help on their essays so it's nice to also have a counselor who can just help them with the more emotional aspect of it and mental aspect because it is so heightened Mm -hmm. it's thought about for years and years like i've been thinking about it since i would say middle school it's I, well, now, obviously, because I'm a sophomore, I'm like, wow, I'm so glad that my younger self did this. But it's also, I look back and I'm like, gosh, I really shouldn't have been worrying about that. It's just nice to have someone who can help people cope with that stress about college. How do you create a safe space for students? That's a good question. So from a more practical standpoint, I think by reminding them that confidentiality and privacy is super important and a really high priority for me. I don't know that places can feel safe mm-hmm. if you worry about information like leaking through the walls. Right. And I try to show students that their information is valuable to me and I take it really seriously that they're choosing to trust me with anything that they're choosing to trust me with and I keep it with me, barring specific situations. Sure. The other thing that I tell my kids all the time is 
in the event that I do have to call a parent, you will always know about it. I also try to tell students that trust is earned. Mm -hmm. I don't expect anything. I don't feel entitled to information. I think that as someone who's new here, I get that it takes time to, to build trust. And so if people want to hang out with me and feel me out and decide if they want to talk to me, then that's valid. And if they decide they want to have a conversation later down the line, then I'm here for it. But if not, that's okay too. So how are some of your strategies to help students grow in the counseling space? Oh, I love this question. Um, all your questions are good questions. <laughs> you. So when I, when I see clients outside of school, there are different perspectives. So like different people have different perspectives on mental health work and different things that they use to help people. But I love the way you put that. I think that ultimately the goal is to help people grow. Right. I think of it as like living more fully. Right reducing any of the limitations and for me the place that i operate from is this belief this core belief that the way that we think about things matters it's important to like have people recognize why you feel the way you do mm -hmm. and to feel like you're allowed to feel that way i think that the way that we think about things has a lot of power and so what i try when it feels appropriate is to talk to kids about like how can we think about this differently while still acknowledging that your feelings about it are real your stress about your grade comes from a real place. Mm -hmm. Your frustration about your grade comes from a real place. And that's all connected to like how deeply you care about whatever the thing is, whether right. it's your academics or your future or whatever else. It's valid. It exists for a reason. It's real. Mm -hmm. And how can we change the narrative that you've got so that this becomes something that's helping you or serving you rather than something that's tearing you down? Yeah. What would you say are the main issues facing students now in the mental health space, I would say? Ooh, I think there's probably a few. I'm going to sound like really crotchety when I say this, but I think social media is huge. No, I, yeah, I mean, there's studies on it. But yeah, I think that social media can definitely affect people negatively. For sure. It's kind of like everything else, right? Like how much is the right amount, mm -hmm. how much until it stops being helpful. Because you're right, like for a lot of people, social media is how they connect with people, yeah. how they get information, how they stay in the loop. And there's a place where it can stop being really helpful. Right. Where it can start feeling like constant reminders of things that you don't have. For me, I think my generation just barely missed the kind of social media age that we're in i had i had a phone when i was in high school mm -hmm. i couldn't do anything yeah like it had was a, a flip camera phone? it was a, so i didn't even have a flip phone oh like, really it was like this like brick of a phone that like had a camera internet that you couldn't access because it would like charge your parents account extra yeah i know it, my grandmother she's still living in the ancient time she still has a flip phone <laughs> she's my indian one and i'm like nani we can get you phone. she's like i don't want one she doesn't even know how to use the flip phone i had to i had to come and help her i had to teach myself and then teach her i'm sure there's so much you could teach me about my phone too honestly <laughs> the the generations after are always just so in tune like even even babies like, yeah. like toddlers have this kind of instinctual understanding of technology mm -hmm. in a way that's like really interesting mm -hmm. how things evolve but like I didn't have social media until I was in college. So like in high school or like middle school, especially like when you're trying to evaluate these friendships, when you're trying to figure yourself out and like, say you don't have the best experience at school, like at the end of the day, you got to be done. Right. And now I feel like people don't get to be done. Yeah. They're just constantly connected or mm -hmm. have access to things, the good and the bad. And it's hard. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a big one. And I can't imagine, I can't 
guess, but I can't know for sure what that's like to experience that because I miss that. But I imagine that it's a ton of pressure and really hard. I think some of the stressors are ones that I I remember experiencing kind of stress and anxiety about performance Mm -hmm. and comparison to peers and future planning. Right. But that social media, I really do think, adds an extra element of conspicuousness. Definitely. Because I think it's human nature to never be satisfied with what you have. Mm -hmm. So I would say social media feeds into that in a negative way. Mm -hmm. Because if you're not satisfied and you see people who have more than you, you're going to, you may feel like you're failing. What other sort of main issues would you say students are facing right now? On a simple level, I think it's just trying to figure out who they are. Mm -hmm. This is like kind of one of the first things I said was it's exciting to think about like all of the change that can happen from 9 through 12. But from the student perspective, it's also really stressful to think about like what they want to be, to think about what they want to do, what they don't want to do, to maybe think about how those new realizations align or don't Mm -hmm. with family expectations or community expectations and figuring out what their values are. I think lately, younger people, young adults, high schoolers are getting more involved in the world around them and formulating their opinions about those things. And that's all really exciting and also really stressful. How was your high school experience? I was an IB student. Really? I was. How'd you like that? Oh, that's a loaded question. That's a heavy question. I I value it for what it gave me. So I think I was talking to uh, Mr. Peary about this. Like, for better or worse, I think, like, 90% of my personality as an adult comes from being a student. <laughs> and so, like, for those reasons, I really value it. It taught me to really work hard um, to invest in school. It made college very doable. Yeah. Truly. Academically, it felt very doable. Um, socially, it was great for me because my high school was huge. Oh, and yeah. IB gave me a way to kind of have a much smaller group of friends. And I really bonded with them. And we're still friends. Like, I got married two years ago. And out of, like, my wedding party, I would say six or seven of them were IB kids. So we had this, like, really knit, tight-knit community. Mm-hmm. And so for those reasons, I'm forever grateful. And also the flip side of that is I worried a lot. Mm-hmm. I put a ton of pressure on myself. And that was hard. Yeah. But high school as a whole, I just remember being very stressed about school. I w- yeah, I was going to ask you if you had any experience with mental health not even personally necessarily but just like in your social life like your family your friends absolutely i had my first panic attack when i was 16. gosh so yes and i didn't have the vocabulary for that Mm -hmm. definitely felt a ton of stress felt a ton of anxiety and i didn't know that it wasn't what everyone felt Mm -hmm. and part of that i think was just like the people that i surrounded myself with. like of course you're stressed about school everyone's stressed about school. but I definitely worried in a way that wasn't always helpful to me. Right. What would be one piece of advice you would give your high school self? If you go back in time, (laughs) or even your younger self, your college self. I would tell my high school self, you're doing the right thing. Because I, I was constantly worried that I wasn't doing enough, that Mm -hmm. I wasn't doing what I needed to do and like me I too. didn't even know what I was trying to meet right right like, you this expectation you can't even that's name so it. true you, you don't even know, know. It. yeah it's like I'm not meeting it what are you not meeting right yeah and if you don't know what you're striving for then you'll never get it yeah and you'll never recognize when you have everything you want so I just told myself like you're doing the right thing way to go 
And I would tell myself, like, trust, trust in what you know. Mm -hmm. Because so much of my worry came from a space of fixating on what I didn't know. Yeah. But I knew a lot. And not just like school, like I knew myself. Yeah. At least what I knew of myself then. Right. I knew the things that mattered to me. I knew the people that mattered to me. And I wish that I had trusted more in that because I would tell my kids all the time when I used to help them with college or future planning, I would say like, you can only make the best decision you know how to make with the information that you have. Yeah. And if the information changes, then maybe the decision changes, but right now this is what you have. Mm -hmm. Trust that. Yeah. I, I would have told myself to trust it more. The kids call it manifesting now. Yeah. The way you think about things matters. It's been great talking to you, Mr. Sean. Thank you so much for having it's me. It's been this great. It's been really fun. I'm and glad. Thank you for your thoughtful questions. Thank you for sitting here with us and answering with your great answers. Stay tuned to hear from students on their views about school counselors and mental health. I like AP Gov homework kind of stresses me out sometimes because it's just like four pages of notes. On a scale of one to ten, probably like an eight. Um, if I have any study halls, it helps lower those stress levels. Why do you think Country Day has hired more counselors? It gives you options. What do you believe is important about providing counselors in school? I think everybody should have access to therapy sessions and having a counselor at school that you don't have to pay for just helps broaden that access. I'm your host, Vidya Michelson. Special thanks to the students and, of course, Counselor Malika Rajan. This is a production of Charlotte Country Day School Journalism Class with Kick. If you would like to contact Malika Rajan, you can email her at M-A-L-L-I-K-A dot R-A-J-A-N at charlottecountryday.org. Most importantly, make sure you always remember to be kind to yourself. Thank you for listening.